Please be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. People loved by Christ, what can I do for you? It's a pretty polite question. It's another way to phrase, you know, how can I help you? What can I do for you? It's kind of a loaded question. I don't know how you're going to respond to that. You almost don't even want to be asking that kind of question because you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Now, let's say you have a couch that needs moving. You have one friend with a truck and you call him up and in all politeness he answers the phone by saying, Hey, what can I do for you? <laughs> well, there's your chance. He already asked. You have to ask him now to help you move that couch. And let me tell you, in that scenario, I'm the guy with the truck and I try and choose my words pretty carefully when I'm answering the phone. <laughs> I've moved uh, my fair share of couches. But in our gospel reading from Mark, we hear Jesus on the road, and he's asking the question, what do you want me to do for you? And this isn't the first time Jesus has asked this question today. Earlier, James and John said to Jesus, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And Jesus responded by asking, what do you want me to do for you? You can read what happens next when you get home today. That's Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 45. And our gospel reading begins at verse 46. It doesn't have a request from the disciples. It doesn't, you know, involve a challenge from the Pharisees. No, this interaction that Jesus has today is with a blind man named Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus was crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped. The blind man sprang up. He went over to Jesus, and Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus, the blind man, he said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately his sight was recovered, and he followed Jesus on the way. Could it really be that simple? Jesus, the son of David, is restoring creation. He's opening the eyes of the blind, and he's opening those who are blind at heart. And this is the second blind man who's received sight in the Gospel of Mark. These two blindness miracles, they bookend this section in Mark that deals with the people, the crowds, and the disciples being more blind at heart than anything. So this morning in Bible class, we're going to be talking about marriage as one of God's greatest gifts to his creation. And of all of the blessings that I've received in my marriage, one of the things I can depend on every single day is Shannon's gift of sight. When I'm looking for something in the daily scavenger hunt for my phone, keys, or wallet, even if they're right underneath my nose, I know Shannon can help me. And as we see these stories of blindness in Mark, they have a lot more to do with the people being blind to Jesus's actions and purpose than the miracle of healing itself. Think about it. Why do we, the reader, need one more story of Jesus healing a blind man? 
After the first healing, Peter confesses Jesus to be the Christ. Peter sees Jesus clearly for who he is, but then immediately afterwards, Peter rebukes Jesus, and he's seemingly lost his clear sight. So we have this story of Bartimaeus that's really signifying the spiritual blindness, that each person born from Adam doesn't know or doesn't see the kingdom of God. And it's only by God's grace when a sinner knows his blindness and desires to be freed from it. We're all like Bartimaeus begging. Now think about you, the reader of Mark. How has your sight and insight grown over the past few months of hearing the gospel of Mark being read to you in church? You've heard about Jesus' teachings, his travels, and his miracles. Jesus was also transfigured on the mountain in these verses. We see the disciples in their development, in their disasters, and in their delights. In these verses, Jesus has foretold his death three times. The crowds have been fed, the crowds have followed, and the crowds have left. Through the Gospel of Mark, we've been traveling all over Israel. We've started in the land of Judea, we've gone up to Galilee, we've gone over to the Decapolis, and now we're on our last leg of the journey. Jesus now is passing through Jericho, which is 15 miles away from Jerusalem. This last leg of the journey that will begin with the triumphal entry, and it'll end with Jesus' betrayal, his death, and his resurrection. How has your sight and your insight been prepared for this next leg of the journey? Well, let's visit Jesus' question one more time. What do you want me to do for you? Well, there's three points that we can think about this morning when we reflect on Jesus' question. First point. There are certain things we need to have done for us because we are incapable of doing them for ourselves. You know, just think about Bartimaeus. He's blind, he's needy, he's a beggar. He's dependent upon the mercy of the Lord. He's blind and he couldn't do anything about it. He had one great need and he couldn't do anything to meet it. And the same is true for us because we're in the same predicament. There are some things that we can do. We can be good husbands, we can be good wives, we can be good children, we can be good parents, we can be good citizens. But we know that we have those deep spiritual needs that we can't do anything to meet them. We need for our sins to be forgiven. We need to be cleansed from the pollution of sin. We need to be brought out of death and into the grace of God. We need the peace that surpasses all understanding. We need the victory over sin every single day of our lives. Every day we need God's love, his guidance, his comfort, and his assurance. And we can't do anything by ourselves as an individual. We can't do any of these things as a group either. We can't do any of these things any more than blind Bartimaeus could open his blind eyes and see. Second point. Jesus is perfectly willing to do these things for us. To meet and grant those needs that we are just incredibly incapable of meeting. We have Jesus 
doing everything for us. We need Jesus to do everything for us. Only Jesus can give us life. What we can't do for ourselves, what no man is capable of doing, Jesus is willing, capable, and able to do. As we read through Mark, it's incredible to see Jesus just longing to serve, longing to restore God's creation that's been infected by sin. Jesus has had mercy on us. Jesus is the only one who can ask, what do you want me to do for you? And actually be able and willing to meet that need completely. Only Jesus can see the depravity of sin in our lives and be able to forgive and heal it. When we repent and confess of our sins, only Jesus can actually forgive them. Only Jesus can give us peace and restore that brokenness in our lives. Who else but Jesus can comfort us in this life and give us the assurance of life to come? Only Jesus is willing and able and longing to bring his creation back to himself. And the third and final point is that we need to receive what Jesus offers to us. As Jesus asked blind Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Well, he had a world of possibilities at his fingertips. Instead, Bartimaeus says, have mercy on me. Let me recover my sight. And as we reflect on Jesus's question, we can remember all of the things that Jesus has given through his sacrifice for us. We've been given the gift of faith. By our baptisms, we've been taken out of death and into life. Jesus came and restored us to life. So what do you want me to do for you? Do you need forgiveness? Then ask Jesus for forgiveness and he'll say to you, your sins are forgiven. Do you need peace? Do you need cleansing? Do you need victory? Do you need guidance? Do you need comfort? Do you need assurance? Everything you need is fulfilled in Christ, who's blessed us in the heavenly realm with every spiritual gift. Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. And by faith, we ask and we pray. Nothing is more necessary than the continual and unceasing prayer that God would give us his peace and his spirit. So to recap, there are certain things that we need to have done for us because we're incapable of doing them on our own. Jesus is perfectly willing to do these things for us to meet and grant those needs that we're incapable of meeting. And finally, Jesus offers us everything. And because of that, we receive it gladly. So Jesus asked Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? And Jesus asks that, us that question as well. Jesus, he knows our needs, he knows our wants, he hears our prayers. When our faith needs strengthening, he is there giving us assurance. When our faith is tested, Jesus is by our side. Bartimaeus, he sat on the side of the road crying out like a madman, Jesus, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. And the people, they heard that and they tried to shush him. But we know that they should have been right there on the side of the road crying out with Bartimaeus, have mercy on me. 
We cry out to God in prayer. We make our requests known to God through our prayer, and we know that God answers our prayer. When all that we can do is sit in our sinfulness and cry out to God, we all say together, Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. And God gives us mercy. By faith, we know that we've been saved. By faith, we know that our sins are forgiven. All of our cries are answered. Jesus is there for our sake, in our stead. When Jesus asks, what do you want me to do for you? Well, Jesus, I ask for your mercy. Jesus, I ask for your forgiveness. Jesus, I ask for your peace. Those are the things that Jesus is ready, willing, and able to give to us. And most importantly, those are the things that Jesus has given to his people. Therefore, we, like Bartimaeus, have been made well. Like Bartimaeus, we've been given the gift of faith. Like Bartimaeus, we've been given the blessing to follow Jesus on the way. We deny ourselves. We take up our cross and we follow Jesus. That's the life of a disciple. Jesus, he encounters us, he restores us, and we follow him. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, the one whom we follow along the way. Amen. We continue with our next hymn.